The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. We are back for part two with Allison McNamara. She's amazing. She's the founder of Mara Beauty. And if you listened to our first episode, you know all of her backstory and just like her breadth of experience, which is super powerful. And I just want to pause here. If you didn't listen to the first part, I would jump back and I would do that first because a lot of that context is going to be applicable for this second part of the episode. But for people that learn well from other people's stories, this one's for you. We talk about some of the traits of success for her. We go into depth on her like tips and tricks for how she stays organized, for how she filters advice from people in her network, for how she stays true to herself. Like honestly, such amazing building blocks for just entrepreneurship in general. Totally. So applicable no matter what industry you're in, even if yeah. you're not an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, just good life skills to think about. And maybe they're called more, I don't know if they'd be called soft skills necessarily, but more, more sometimes the things you aren't thinking about that can actually really move the needle. So yeah, this episode's a good one and I think we should just get into it. Let's do it. All right. We are excited to share the brand we're loving this month. They are a sponsor of today's episode and they are called Mintier. They're a new brand that recently came out and I really love them and let me tell you why. So obviously no one wants bad breath. And I think I think one of the easiest life hacks is just you want to smell good. Like when you smell good, that is just it sets the bar because if you don't smell good, it doesn't really matter what you're saying or what you're doing. Like oh. that's what sticks with people is if you don't smell good, if you have yeah. bad breath, it doesn't really matter what you're saying, you know? So we want good breath. Okay, that's number 1. But did you know that in so many gums and mints, there is sugar? And sugar feeds into bad breath. It feeds the back bacteria that causes bad breath. Enter Mintier. They are an oil-based, keto-friendly, sugar-free breath mint. And so it's really cool. It comes in a dropper. You just put half a dropper in your mouth, and it keeps your breath fresh for up to 30 minutes. Minty fresh. Minty, fresh, and I'm not joking, you guys. Do you remember when you were like really little, or maybe you still have this, and you'd chew a piece of gum and then you'd like breathe in really quickly, or you would take a big drink of water and your entire throat would freeze? Is that like a, a common experience? Yeah. Yep. yeah. I know what you're saying. Same deal here. I literally put in the dropper, I breathed out, and then by the time I breathed back in, I got that like throat fresh feeling, and you just feel so much better. You're so much more confident. Big, big fans of Mintier. Absolutely. And yeah, it's a cute little dropper. So you get it, you throw it in your purse, you keep it in your car, you take it in your carry-on. And whenever you need a little freshening without the sugar that's yes. going to feed that bad bacteria, you can right. reach for your mint here. Love it. So we will link them down below. Go check them out. They're also an incredible female-founded and Canadian brand, which obviously we are always down for. We always stand. So that just makes supporting them even better. So go check them out. You won't regret it. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to part two with our new friend, Allison, who is the founder of Mara Beauty. In this episode, Allison, we really want to dive into what you think has led to your success as an entrepreneur. In part one, we talked a little bit about your background and how that helps. And I know another superpower you have is an amazing memory. Um, but I would love to hear from you. What do you think, to start off the conversation, what are the the three or four traits that have really led to success for you in your business? That is such a good question. Thank you for having me back, giving me a part two. <laughs> you made the cut. <laughs> I made the cut. You, I'm back. You know. Okay, so... For success, I mean, there's so many things that I think contribute to success. I think that you have to have an ability to not let the nose really impact where you're going. You know, you're going to get nose and people that don't like your story or your idea or what you're doing, or even it's just a no for right now, you're going to get a lot of no's. And so you can't let that really get you down. You have to really believe in what you're doing and use the critiques and the doors that close as, as a way to open new doors. And whether that's knocking on the same door or you know finding a new way to get there, I think that that's really important. So you have to just be able to to believe in yourself enough to let the no's not get to you. So that I think is really important. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, I'm sure you guys get this too with having a podcast. Oh, totally. and like, they're just you have to not take the criticism too personal. Yes, absolutely. Like Kelsey is the one who kind of brings me back down to earth. <laughs> I, I'm better with it now, but the first few times we got no's for guests we asked to come on, I was like so offended. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it is. It's like you just have to let it roll off your back. Like yeah. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. moving forward. There's so many other people we want to talk to. Yeah. Let's go talk to them. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's super important. I have a pro tip here because I actually, I speak to some um, like universities. We go into like classes and talk about whatever. So my background is in sales and that is like rejection city. Okay. So I think every single new grad, no matter what you want to do afterwards, unless it's highly technical, I think that's a bit different. But if you want to do anything business related, you should go in and do like hard sales for one year. I think 10 months to 12 months, build the thick skin, but more importantly, understand the psychology of why you're hearing no, and then have enough confidence in yourself to make some tweaks so that you can fix it, right? Because not everything is going to be a no. Yeah, there are some that are inevitable, but I think I'm a big believer, like probably six or seven times out of 10, it's your approach that gets no, not whatever it is that you're selling. A hundred percent. And kind of to piggyback off of you. I didn't do sales, but I was a TV host, which is a very, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you're doing auditions. It's similar. You're selling yourself. You're just, you are the product. And so I think that really set the stage because I got a lot of no's back then. Trust me. (laughs) And personal no's at that (laughs) point. It's about you. (laughs) You're like, oh my God. No, but you, they'd literally be like, oh, we don't, we don't want any, you know, pale, you know, at the time I was blonde, but like, you know, we don't, we're not casting a blonde right now, which, or we don't like the way you sound. Your voice is too low. Or we want someone who's taller. You're like things that you literally can't change. So I think that really helped set the stage for my second life with Mara because, you know, you can't take it too personally. And you have to figure out how to fix the product then. Even if you are the product, you got to figure out how to mm-hmm. how wear to those it. high heels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like going with lifts on. I'm sure Seacrest does that for some of his stuff. Oh Let's yeah. He definitely yeah. does. Yeah. But all the contestants he's standing next to are double his height. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. So yeah, not taking the nose too personally is one of them. I think being able to take to listen to advice that's given to you, but not listen to everything. That's a mistake I made because I thought I didn't know what I was doing. So I feel like at the beginning of Mara, I was listening to everyone who had 
been successful or done something a certain way and allowed that to shape my opinion of things. And so I think that you've got to listen to that gut because it really does tell you where you're going. So that was a big one. I feel like you may have had something. Yes. Like this. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I think it, it really comes down to, yeah, just believing in your own abilities. Even if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, I'm someone who I kind of have a bad habit of seeking everyone's opinion on something before I make a decision to a point where I'm like, I don't even know what I want anymore. And I think, yeah, learning to tap into my own intuition has been so, so helpful. Yeah. I stopped doing that because honestly, I would ask so many people's advice or critiques. I've learned that you only ask people's critiques or people that you actually want to get critiques from. Because if you get... You know, because sometimes we ask a wide set of people and then you're annoyed by the feedback they give you, but you didn't even want their feedback in the first place. So, you know, being more exclusive about who you ask for that feedback on, I think is very important. Um, And then I think the last one is really just kind of defining your story and not trying to copy anyone else. I think it's so easy to get inspired by someone and love what they did. And then you kind of get down this wormhole of creating something that's already been created. I think you really have to have like a unique perspective. And if, if you really want to make something, there's so much stuff out there. You really have to one, believe in it and also just shape the idea. So it feels unique enough because if, if someone else could get it somewhere else, then what's the point of them coming to you get Hmm. to get it. Right. So I, I think it's especially important with product creation because there are so many options out there. If you are going to make a face oil, how is yours really going to add more efficacy, you know, set itself apart on a shelf, be the one that people reach for every single day. I think those are serious questions. If you don't like have a driving passion to make something and a new idea, then maybe you should put your energy somewhere else and find something that you really think that the world can't live without. Hmm. That's good advice. I mean, there's three, I don't even know where I want to start because there's so much in those three attributes. I do want to talk about something. When you're talking about filtering out advice from people that maybe you don't want their advice, how did your dad's role in beauty and skincare play into you? Was he one of those voices that was like very loud as you were deciding how you wanted to shape this out? Actually, no. He's one of the only people I now ask. That's so cute. Yeah, yeah. He's the best. You know, he never started his own brand. I think I should make that also. You know, he's never started his own brand. He's only worked for very large brands and helped them shape like clear messaging and all of those amazing things you do at the top level of a business. But no, he's definitely the person that I'm always still asking his opinion on. But sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's other people that, you know, you value them, but maybe you don't value their opinion for this one thing. It's almost like when you get a dress that you love. And you know, someone's not going to like it, but you ask their opinion anyway. And then you set yourself up for like, well, I really like it still. I'm going to wear it. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. so it's almost kind of like really picking out the people that you want their opinion on and then asking for it. So yeah. my dad luckily is still, uh, he hasn't gotten the chop yet. Although I mean, obviously <laughs> with, with any one family, I mean, of course you're going to have disagreements and we actually disagree on a lot of things, but mm-hmm. you kind of need that sometimes to, it helps strengthen actually the overall brand message because, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me even more passionate than on why I'm disagreeing with yeah. him or whoever it is. That's totally it. right there. What you just said, I have so many examples of like, I'm going to take it back to a dress too, because that just seems to be all we can talk about tonight. But <laughs> I was searching for my prom dress and I literally remember showing my mom the two that I really liked at the end. And I was mad at her when she picked the wrong one. And it's like, why was I even asking in the first place? Go with the one that obviously I wanted. But I actually think sometimes people can't listen to that intuition until they put themselves out there and don't like what they get back. So it could actually be a good exercise. 
Which is totally true. I think as long as the person you're asking their opinion isn't all consuming to you, right? If it's someone like, you know, you're good. Say it's your, you know, your significant other at that point, you ask mm-hmm. about the prom dress and they say they absolutely hate you in the other one, but that's the one that you want to wear. I mean, you're probably, would you, what are you going to do? I mean, so drop the guy. <laughs> yeah. Just right. Kidding. I'd still wear the, Just I'd kidding. still wear the dress that I wanted to wear, but I mean, then you have, but then you're now you have that piece of knowledge that you're like, well, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I think yeah. it's really just being careful with who you who you allow to shape your opinions. Good Completely. And this reminds me of, I think it was Brene Brown. I hope I'm quoting it correctly, that she said, if the people aren't in the arena, if they're not going where you want to go, why are you getting their input? Yeah, I love not, that. Yeah, they're not going to give you the input that you actually need. They haven't been there. They have different goals and that's fine, but how are they going to help you get to where you want to go? Was that I love a- that. Okay. I've got another book recommendation for you, Allison. And this one I guarantee is um, on Audible, but I think it was Dare to Lead that she mentioned that. Hey, Emma? Does that yes. sound right? Yeah. Potentially. Allison, I think you'd love it. I okay, read it. I'll read it. I read it in the ocean. You you should appreciate that. I was laying on this big floaty all summer reading this book and I was like, man, I'm just getting mind blown every time I open it. Okay, I need to. I need your life. I want to be on a floaty. <laughs> Come visit book. anytime. I would love that. Uh, I'll read that one next or listen yeah. to it next. Yeah, there you go. Love it. <laughs> to pivot a little bit, I'm curious because you've spoken about how you have a really amazing memory, and how does that help in a business setting? Like, have there been times where your memories totally save the day? My memory before COVID was impeccable. Like I can still recite full things that I had to memorize when I was in fifth grade. It's something that my dad always worked with me on. And we used to play these memory games um, all the time when I was younger. And so I, I have a very strong memory. I can literally remember not only like what people said, but what they were wearing. So I have a very photographic memory. Helped me a lot with testing when I was younger, when I was yeah. you know, doing tests, because I could literally remember the part of a page where things were, but it's been very helpful for business before I had proper infrastructure. Um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I wasn't on like an ERP system or a net suite or anything that actually helped me monitor my inventory. So I would literally remember, okay, we have 20,000 bottles at this manufacturer, 20, 22,148 caps at this place. No, you People didn't. Would, yeah. It was crazy how much I <laughs> would remember. And it also would be very helpful just <laughs> for knowing the life cycle of when I needed to reorder. Like I did all of that and I still do all of that, but I did it all from memory, which I wouldn't recommend. That is not a tip I would bestow on anyone. (laughs) Look at Emma's face right now. (laughs) She's mind blown right now. It is wild. (laughs) Yeah, but it has been super helpful. And it also is really helpful because I can remember conversations or things when people try and say like, oh, we didn't talk about that. Like I will remember, or I'll I'll actually be able to find the email because I'm notorious. Anyone on my team who's listening knows that I will find any email from anything that I'm trying to prove. Like I can find it like 17 years ago. I will get there. I will figure out where it is, (laughs) screenshot it and send it to you. So I think the memory has really, has been one of my biggest assets because there is so much going on, especially when you go from launching one product to having two products. Now I have six products at market, two supplements, and then, you know, three launches lined up for this year. We're in development on six other SKUs that are not even, you know, launching this year. So just it compounds. So I think having that good memory has been so hard, but then also I get hard on myself because now it's impossible to remember that I've got 22,143 caps somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, but that also I'm like, Oh, I used to know where 
everything about it. But now, mm-hmm. you know, but it has been very helpful. And I think a good memory is an asset in any business that you do. And strengthening your memory is so important. It's literally called the memory game. And I highly suggest everyone gets it. It's the best. What is this? Is this like a it's, board game? Is this an app? How do I how do I get the help that I need? It's literally that. It's like just these little, it's a board game, but it's not okay. a board game. It's just little cards okay. and they have sets of twos and you flip one over and then you flip another one over and then say it's like, I have oh. the adult. Yeah. So I play that all the time. So it I helps you remember where things are. Um, and the one I'm using right now has cocktails and all the cocktails look very similar. So you can make it into a drinking game. And then the memory game gets harder. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Genius. But, but I do love playing it. I used to try and play it weekly. Honestly, I, have, I haven't been as good about playing it. But it really does help, you know. Or even just remembering sequences of things. Like I'll just play little like mind games with myself to make sure I'm, my memory's on point. Luminosity. So, Are you familiar? It. I'm familiar, okay. but I haven't played it. It honestly, it makes me want to throw my phone across the room half the time because I'm like doing it while I'm like distracted watching junky reality TV and then I mess everything up and I get really frustrated, but it has a whole memory category that I suck at. So that could be step one. I'll try that one and let you know what I think. I I love a good memory game though. I think it's so important, especially as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like, I think it just adds to speed. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to go you just know it's just in your head. And I think when you're running a brand, it just, yeah, it really probably helps you be more efficient. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think speed is also very important to being able to run a business, but you can't run speed without, you know, knowing what you're talking about. Otherwise you're just confusing everyone. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. the memory and speed, you can't be fast without having a good memory or yeah. having a good recollection or way of clearly communicating things in general. Mm-hmm. So or you can be speedy, but it's not going to be good. Sloppy, sloppy. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing sloppy. worse than sloppy speedy. I've been there though. I've been sloppy speedy before. Oh yeah. <laughs> we all have for sure. So does that mean that you're also very organized? Like what does life look like for you? What tools do you use? All that good stuff. I'm super organized. I mean, in terms of like my space too, I need everything to have like a certain space. My closet is like literally organized by color, by style, by, yeah, I'm one of those. I want to be like that. But then what's the negative side of that is I'm so all consumed by organization that the slightest thing off, like really bothers me. And like, I can't get things done until I'm, you know, everything's clean. And my fiance, she's an artist and is Uh not as Uh organized (laughs) and drives me insane. So there's that constant battle, but it, it has relaxed me a little bit. Like our house, we just got back from a bachelorette weekend. So I'm, oh my gosh, yes. So and um, our house is a disaster and it's all I've been able to think of today. But you know, after this, we clean. <laughs> what a fun <laughs> evening routine. <laughs> I know, right? The last thing I want to do, but I actually, you're not the first um, successful entrepreneur to say that. And they like, you're, you're thinking of so many things. Your mental capacity is so limited that if your space is chaotic, it's just too many competing thoughts and priorities. And so I actually really like the idea of streamlining. Um, and so when it comes to your space, you're super organized. When it comes to your work, you rely on NetSuite, right? Um, the ERP. Yeah. What other, like, do you use any project management tools? Or I heard actually in another podcast that you may be a big fan of some inbox organization. Maybe you can talk to us about that. I don't use any project management tools. I found that they actually created unnecessary steps that required oh, more work from for me. Um, okay. Because I don't need a note if something's 
like almost done. And I feel like a lot of those have too many progress reports on them. We used to use a lot when I was in production. We used one called Basecamp, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, I know Basecamp. And that, and that was super efficient for production. But I think for our own projects, we've tried Asana. We use Slack mm-hmm. just for the day-to-day. Um, Asana wasn't for me. I think it's a great platform, but I don't think it worked for my personal you know, organization. I do use my inbox as a to-do list. So mm-hmm. text messages have got to step it up because I can't, I love marking things as unread because yes. I literally use that as how I go back to things. Yep. So that's really big for me. And I set time each day to go through my emails. Like I used to be one of those people that sat on email all day, but then I realized my job is not to respond to emails all day. My job is to create products and run a business. So I try and outline basically every part of my day is timed out. So if I pull up my calendar, I'll literally put in even like walk my dog, exercise, 15 minute break, 10, you know, I'll even put it for email. So I like every part of my day to be, um, you know, almost timed out. Even just Mm -hmm. like today, I, I gave myself in my calendar, like drive home from appointment, like just to make sure I'm always on track. And of course, for some people that can be overwhelming if you're not following it. But for me, I use it as the guide to keep me really in check. And then when I do projects, I usually do them in 30 minute increments. So I'll set my timer for my phone and just work on something and turn off all my notifications Mm -hmm. and just do something for 30 minutes. And if it can't be done in 30 minutes, then I'll come back to it and set a timer again and do that later and put it in my calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find that like, if I'm working for something over 30 minutes, then it doesn't get my best work. Right. Mm. Oh my gosh. Such good tips. And even going back to the project management piece in Asana, when I was working full-time, I was working at Shopify and doing um, marketing operations. So I was project managing all of our campaigns and I kind of tried to translate that into the podcast and everything we put out. And then I said to Kelsey, I was like, I'm spending way too much time planning. Like I just want to be doing, I don't want to be inserting every little thing. So yeah, I definitely get that. And I think it's amazing that you actually follow your calendar blocks because I have them in there and it doesn't always happen. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, you know, being an organized person, nothing stresses me out more than missing the block actually. So like, I think I wouldn't do the, I think it depends on how you operate, right? If you're someone that, you know, likes to see it and then that triggers you to do it, then fine. But I also think it could cause for the wrong person, a adverse reaction because you'll see that you're supposed to be doing something and you're not doing it. I think that could also not work for people. So it's really just finding what works for you. But yeah, I agree with you. I think some of those project management tools are really great. Maybe if you're managing larger teams, but when you're small Mm. and you don't have like, you know, you don't have like 30 employees working on the same thing. I think it's sometimes easier just to like finish the project and spend more time making new stuff than checking boxes. I get that. I'm going to ask this question in a different way. So those are the things that made you successful up until this point. What's something you're working on that's going to take you to the next level? That's such a good question. I think a little bit more time for like mental health, which I hate to say because I'm someone who works literally a million hours at all points of the day, but I've really been trying to, I love exercise and I kind of got away from it a little bit. I only was doing like two to three classes a week where I'm more happy at four to five, like moving my body every day. So really trying to stick to that um, this year, just kind of focusing back on my own inner health again. And I've started doing um, stretches in the morning. I was a dancer when I was younger, dancer, figure skater, all those fun, not, not like anything notable, but I I did it. And I say this because I used to be very, very flexible. And I've noticed I have like a lot of 
like lower back pain and stuff. So just taking mm-hmm. some time to like do stretches in the morning, drink my water. I'm really good about doing my gratitude journal. That's something that I think um, will still continue to be a part of my success. Yep. But I think if I, if I can't operate at the level I'm used to operating at, then I won't be that won't have continued success. Right. And as we get mm-hmm. older, we have to adjust our schedules to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. So yeah. that's big. Yeah. You're not alone in that. That's a big focus for me too. And when there's no commute home from work, there's no detachment, right? Like it just takes over. And I don't think that's healthy for anyone. I'm also not doing my best work on my like 15th, 16th hour of that day. So let's be realistic here. Who's actually benefiting from that extra work? Probably not many people. Yeah. I am a night owl though, which I'm trying to be also less of, but I do amazing work at night. So and why don't you, why don't you just do more of that and sleep in, in the mornings and give yourself a nice peaceful wake up and then go work when you're like at your peak. That would be a great thing to do, but I feel like the world kind of tells us that we can't do that in a way. And I know like I get to set the stage for my own business, but I also like need to be there to show up for other people. Mm-hmm. We can't have a, a whole business of people being night owls, you know? So, yeah. um, I think that that's something that maybe as the business grows, I could allow myself to do. And I still do, you know, I don't, I'm not a super early riser. I wake up at around seven, seven thirty each day. That's pretty standard. I think, right. Allison, when you're going to bed at like one or two in the morning, I mean, I'm in sleeping. bed by like I'm in bed by like midnight usually. It's just okay. I can't fall asleep always. I, I would like to stay up super late. Don't get me wrong. If I if I was given the option to, I would I'm a night owl for sure. I could stay up to like <laughs> like one-ish and do work. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually something I feel so grateful being in tech and having my career in tech and my side hustle in tech and all this stuff is it's so like autonomous. If you want to work, I'm not joking. We have developers that work from like 11 PM at night until seven in the morning, and then they're off all day. And as long as they get their work done, it's amazing. Not every job has that luxury, but I love the fact that like we're seeing now that it's possible. And so now we can start to dip our toes in the pool and see where our tolerance lies because yeah, the, the old nine to five just isn't cutting it anymore. And it's in its own right. Definitely. I mean, yeah. What is it with developers always working at like 4 a.m.? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Mine, Omar, if you're listening to this, we love you, but he's like, always sends me emails at like 3 a.m. And yes. I'm like, I'm obviously not going to get you answers right now. <laughs> you're you know? like, I go to because I'm definitely still awake, but I'm not going to out of principle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My dog is over here tap dancing. I'm sorry if you can hear her. Oh, no. But actually, no at all. she has good timing because we're coming up on the end of our episode. And that's really sad because I feel like we could keep going for a very long time. Allison, I can speak for myself, probably Emma too. You are just like a bright light. You're so much fun to talk to. And I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you guys so much. It's been fun being on here. Oh my gosh. This was such a fun conversation with Allison. So many good reminders of things that I really want to focus on as well. So yeah, just a great conversation and a little bit of backstory, actually. All the episodes you're going to be hearing um, around right now are all people based in LA because before Miss Omicron came Mm. into the mix, Kelsey and I Mm. were actually going to go do these interviews in person. We got so many great ones lined up. Shout out to Liz, our girl at Babe Creative. Bless you, Liz literally is a miracle worker. She manages our outreach, our booking. She's just the best. And she really made all these interviews possible. She's so encouraging. So sweet. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, we've got lots and lots of fun interviews coming your way over the next week couple weeks. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. And if you liked this content, if you like Allison, if you like the types of interviews that we're bringing to you, the number one way that podcasts grow is through ratings and reviews. And so I know you hear this with every podcast you listen to, but it's especially important for new and growing podcasts like ours and, um, really cool. Spotify actually finally released their ratings and reviews feature. And so obviously we don't have a huge arsenal of ratings and reviews on that platform yet. If you're listening on Apple, but you have a Spotify account, or if you're listening on Spotify, would you please take 30 seconds to go drop us a rating and a review? We would be- It might just be rating. I'm not sure. Okay. Reviews on (laughs) Apple, ratings on Spotify. And Um, if you can leave a review on Spotify, amazing. I just don't know. (laughs) We don't want to ask you something we don't even know if you can do. So do us a solid, give us the rating- Give us the review, whatever platform you need to do it on. We love it. And, and it honestly we, makes our day. Like we always send them to each other when we get reviews. That is so that is just true. know you're making our day. Okay. <laughs> Especially when we, Emma wakes up super early because she's a couple hours behind and she gets so excited seeing these texts in her in her messages. So just think about that. When you're leaving the review or the rating, just think of Emma waking up happy. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. With that, with that, with that, we will be back with more great content, another interview for you next week. And with that, we will love you and leave you. Bye-bye.